I'm Albert Schultz, Artistic Director of Soul Pepper. Welcome to this week's podcast of the very best from Soul Pepper's Saturday Cabaret Series. Soul Pepper co-founder William Webster loves opera and his knowledge of it is nothing short of encyclopedic. Join Bill and host slash timekeeper Derek Boys as they take us inside the music, featuring gorgeous performances by some of this country's most exciting up-and-coming opera performers. Here's Bill's Opera Corner. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Saturday Night Cabarets here at the Young Center. My name is Derek Boys. I'm a resident artist here at Soul Pepper, and I'm your host for this evening. What I thought we'd do tonight is we will find new ways to kind of excite Bill about, about his, his opera love. So I, one, of the person, one of the other people that has been very important uh, to the opera corner part of this cabaret is who our musical director is, and it happens to be Mike Ross's beautiful wife, Nicole Bellamy, and she is with us again tonight. She's music arranged these people. She's found the, the opera singers uh, that, that are here tonight, and she's just a fantastic performer, as you'll see tonight, and I'd like to bring her out. Nicole Bellamy, please come out and join me. <coughs> Here she is. Have a seat, Nicole. Grab yourself a microphone, because I want to chat with you for a moment. As you can see, okay. show these beautiful people. Oh, yes. She's playing for two tonight, ladies and gentlemen. A little duet tonight. A little duet. A little duet. Yes, and th this is, in fact, uh, Sophie's sibling. Just yes, we have a three-and-a-half-year-old. Three-and-a-half-year-old, who I saw this afternoon when That's we were right. rehearsing. She came uh, to the rehearsal. And how's Sophie feeling about having a sibling? I think she's excited, but it, it's a boy, we found out. There you but go. But every time we tell someone it's a boy, she says, no, it's a girl. Oh. So and we'll just leave that. And have we'll you named this boy yet? We haven't. Okay. No. Spoon we're River struggling. Maybe. Spoon River. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll try. We'll think about that. Nice. And this format is something we want to do more of in the future, so oh, I'm looking absolutely. forward to collaborating and doing it. Yes, definitely. Nicole is absolutely brilliant with all things operatic and musical, so I'm so <laughs> thrilled you're here. Oh, happy Thank to you. be here. Yay. So Thank I would like to now, in, that's Nicole Bellamy, and I would like to now introduce, yes, why not? There. Our, I want to say hello to our two brilliant singers, so I'm going to introduce them. They won't sing yet, because we're going to have to bring out William Webster, but I want you to meet them and have them take a bow. So please uh, welcome our soprano, Beth Hagerman, and our tenor, Eric Olson. Come on out and take a bow. There they are. Yay. And we have these lovely cabaret stools for you to sit on while you bide your time. And you will have Bill brush past you in a moment, just so you know that. Right. So, uh, William Webster, founding member of Soul Pepper Theatre Company, opera lover. Uh, I've had this image this week when I'm trying to think about what this show is. I feel kind of like a, a falconer who has a hood over his killing falcon who loves opera, and I'm going to remove that, that hood and let him loose. But as you know, if you've seen this before, I kind of have to keep him uh, honed and trained. So I'm going to be a little rough on him, a little tough love time-wise, because otherwise we won't get through anything. I swear to God you wouldn't sing a note if I didn't keep Bill time for what he's going to talk about. So we'll talk about those timings when we get there, but I'm going to throw Bill a few curves tonight. I thought that it would be fun to see what would happen. So the first two pieces that we'll see, Bill has knowledge of, and he will talk about these pieces because he's been had a little heads up. But the second two pieces that these wonderful singers are going to sing, he has no idea what they're going to sing, and I'm going to spring it on him in front of you and see what comes out of his lovely head when that happens. I think it'll be fun. 
So please welcome to our stage the, the reason we're here tonight and the fantasy opera man himself, William Webster. Come and have a seat, Bill. So before I start the clock, I want to talk a little bit about where this love of opera comes for you. And I know you've yeah. talked about some of it before. And I, yeah. the one story I want to ask you about, which you mentioned to me once, and I don't, I hope you'll share it tonight, is because uh, you have talked about how, <coughs> thank you, about how your parents uh, were so instrumental in that mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. But there was also the talk of their worry about you as a child uh, not being well yeah. and therefore needing to see uh, to do it with your eyesight. Yes. Could you tell yeah. that story? Well, my dad was a doctor and uh, I had very bad eyesight. I wore glasses from the time I was about a year and a half. And uh, I was always the last to be chosen for the soccer team or any sports team because I had very bad depth perception and I had to wear glasses. Um, and so my dad and my mom somehow thought that I should have some kind of visual memory uh, developed. So they took me... In uh, case something... In, in case I lost uh -huh. my eyesight, because I didn't know, and I obviously haven't, and I don't wear glasses anymore because I have nasty little plastic implants. They're wonderful in my eyes. I forget what that operation is called. But anyway, uh, so by 1949, I, I saw my first play, my first opera, my first ballet. And, uh, and I, I loved it. They, this, they, they uh, kind of opened up a Pandora's box. And I, uh, I thought, that's what I want to do. And my first thought was, I'd love to dance like those people do. Uh, and I thought, mm, that sounds, uh, looks like a lot of work. Um, uh, but maybe acting. And then I thought, no, I could be a singer. So I did. I sang for years. I was blessed with recordings and uh, the early days of LPs. Not, not your recordings. Other not things. my recordings, <laughs> although I did make one as a duet with Someday My Prince Will Come. That was many years <laughs> later. Um, it was amazing. Um, and, uh, but just to hear these voices was so extraordinary. And, uh, but I love that your parents uh, had that idea of giving you this yeah. oral yeah. and, stimuli and, that you would and, then and, be and able we, to remember. We, we used to, on Sunday nights, uh, we'd listen to the radio and, you know, Jack Benny and all of that, uh, and Armis Brooks, etc. And we would always play the sextet from Lucia, the quartet from Rigoletto, with Caruso and uh, uh, people like that, uh, Amelita Galacorci, etc. And um, Lily Pons <laughs> doing the mad scene, a little wind-up bird of a singer. And, uh, but, but I, you got used to it. It got into your bones and into the muscle and into uh, the blood, your blood, right? And uh, I, to this day, the thing that I, I think I love most about what you do is that it's in real time. There's no, uh, there's no editing. I love dangerous singing, too. You know, I, I don't want to go and just hear somebody being able to ping off those high E's with no effort at all. I, I love, that's one of the reasons I, I love listening to, to you and the, the immediacy of the moment. And it's just so thrilling. And it doesn't matter. It is what it is. And it's, uh, it's delightful. Perfect segue. Oh, is that a perfect segue? You sing, yes. Okay. So, oh, good. I have the timer here. I'm setting it for five minutes. What? What happens now? <laughs> they sing. No, oh, you're going to set up, Bill. What am I setting up? You're going to you're going to set up Beth's first piece. Okay, great. Which is the corn gold. 
Right. And I'm, but I'm going to start the clock. And you're going to go. Okay, so, I have to read the note here, okay? okay? This is a note to myself. Okay, I Wait. was told, okay? Go. Okay. Five so, minutes. So this is from a suite of songs by Eric Korngold from, uh, uh, from an operetta that he wrote that was not produced in, in New York uh, uh, called Silent Serenade. And the song is There Is No Music Till Tonight. And it was premiered, we think, here in Toronto about a year ago. It was written in around 50, well, he died in 57. So in 49, something, when? 47 to 51. 47 to 51. Anyway, Eric Korngold. If you haven't heard him or haven't heard his music, don't miss it. He was, a, he was born in Czechoslovakia, but basically was an Austrian. His father was a critic for uh, a, a very influential paper. And he was a, a child prodigy, uh, Jewish. And he wrote, uh, he was performed uh, before he was 30. I mean, even while a teenager, he had premieres uh, in Hamburg, uh, Munich, uh, the Vienna State Opera, etc., etc. And uh, his biggest, most successful opera, not necessarily his best, but his most well known, if you can say it, is The Dead City, uh, set in Bruges, in, I guess, 19, late 19th century, early 20th century. And I've always thought, I've always felt sorry for the publicity department in this t city of Bruges, because the only opera that I know that is set is called The Dead City, and it's supposed <laughs> to be a really boring town that this opera is set in. However, it has the most enchanting music. I think he was 26 when that was premiered. And uh, something like that. And uh, Five seconds. Five, what? <clears throat> You're doing fantastic. I have, I, five Just, seconds? Yes. yes. Oh, gee. Anyway, he died in 1957 thinking he was a failure and nobody would, would be interested in his music. And in fact, there are these revivals of his tunes. And we're going to hear some interesting stuff. Beautifully uh, set up, that was. Was it? Yes. Okay. Fantastic Thank context. You. I hope now, you were interested. Now we're I, mean, I hope I didn't bore you. Beth Hagerman to come and yeah. sing this beautiful <gasps> song that you have Wonderful. set up so beautifully. Beth nice. Hagerman, ladies and gentlemen.
beside me. Come and sit beside me. Beth, I'm, or Bill, I'm going to have you sit in the observing stool. Nice. While I talk to Beth Hagerman about the, this career you have going, this beautiful career. And uh, the, the song you sang that uh, was part of the Pocket Concerts, is that what, was that where you got it from? Or did you no, I, I was in the, the show in November three, uh, a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but your connection to Corn Gold, that you have quite a the fascinating one about being part of the first yes. translation yes. into English, which you sang it in English, and I think mm -hmm. it's a fascinating story. Tell, tell that story about how so, that came uh, not last November, but the November before that, mm -hmm. um, uh, the GGS was looking to do a silent serenade. And Glenn Gould School. The, the Glenn Gould School, yes. sorry, sorry. Was looking to do a silent serenade uh, for their fall opera. It has, um, it's scored for a really beautiful little chamber opera. The story is kind of interesting. There's a lot of little characters that float around and the music is absolutely beautiful. So they had contacted the publisher of, uh, of the work uh, to ask them for the English version. And the publisher realized that they didn't have a full English version. Although the show was written in English, um, Korngold had written it to be one of his big comeback pieces um, after he hadn't been working for a while. So they were going to put it on Broadway, but the backers pulled out, and so it never got made. So it was never premiered. Um, in 51, uh, there was a radio version of it done in Vienna. And then I think in 54, there was a small production of it in Vienna as well. And uh, so, so when we contacted the publisher to ask them for the English version, they realized they didn't have the English version. They had it translated. And so we did, as far as we know, and as far as the Korngold Society was able to tell us, the English premiere uh, in November the last year. The World English premiere. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was really It's exciting really when that title could be put on something. It gives you a little badge Yeah, of, I mean, we feel very honor, good. Huh? Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm so glad you're here, and you're going to sing for us again uh, yes. a couple of times. It's so great. Yes. Beth Hagerman, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Beth. That's great. So, Bill, come back in the hot seat, please. <clears throat> come back in the hot seat. I'm going to give ourselves another five minutes, because you're going to introduce... Eric's song. Sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. What are you sorry about? Well, what are you because apologizing I for? personally want to hear people sing. And, and Bill, not, this yes. would not be happening if it wasn't for your really? insane love If it weren't for me. Yeah, yes, if it go. wasn't for you. So oh, well. uh, you are now going to prep <clears throat> Torna a Suriento. Yeah. And when... when and just a minute, oh, let me start the clock. Are you going to time me? Yep. Okay. Because you need five minutes. Okay. I don't think I have five minutes worth on this. Uh, but... Go. Um, Go. Go? You, you, okay. You, so, you don't when, have five minutes. well, when, Der when Derek when Derek said to me, uh, "Torna a Suriento," I said, "No, no, no, Derek, you know nothing. It's Torna a Sorrento." And then I looked it up, and he was absolutely right. Why is it that we change the names when in different languages? You know, it's uh, anyway. It is. It's kind a of a language thing. It's a language <laughs> thing, I guess. Yeah. So it's it return to Sorrento and. Uh, it's, it's a Neapolitan song, and uh, where do I start with this? Naples might be a good place good. to start. Naples, uh, at one point, was a really terribly important, it still remains important, uh, but a really important um, training ground for uh, religious singing uh, in the uh, 15th, 16th uh, centuries, and, uh, and, and to this day. There were four conservatories at one point training young people in music, and mainly orphans. 
Um, and then over the years, the, the, the conservatories became one, I'm told, and, uh, and as music shifted from theological purposes to uh, more entertainment, uh, Naples became a big center for opera. And uh, the, the San Carlo Opera House, I think, was built in something like 1737. And there's another uh, beautiful theater there uh, called the Teatro Mercadante. I could go on for a long time about no. the composer Mercadante, but we won't do that. Right. And <laughs> Because you only have so, three and a half minutes left. Le really? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so it's it said, that, and it's true, there was a music competition for popular music songs, songs to be enjoyed, no drama, just the drama of the song. Uh, and it started in around 1830 and went up until 1950. And it was a competition. <laughs> Apparently, the first winner of the very first competition was Gaetano Donizetti, who wrote Lucia de Lammermoor and Don Pasquale and uh, Roberto Devereux, etc., etc. But I, I just thought that, that was a really interesting fact. I did not know this. This is some of my research, okay? So I don't wander around with these sort of arcane facts. Now in my you do, head. though. Now I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm really happy about that. So there was this tradition of writing songs. So it had gone from uh, religious music to opera to uh, uh, songs of lights songs. And I remember as a kid, well, I remember having a recording of Caruso singing this. Uh, it's a this song. This particular song? Yeah. yeah. And he, he recorded a lot because he was from Naples. And he recorded a lot over his, his career. God bless him. Um, but I remember my mother always hated Italian tennis because they always sobbed and, you know, gulped and all of that <laughs> stuff. <clears throat> and I sort of liked that. I, I kind of like overacting. And <laughs> you like the emotional stuff. I love the emotional stuff. Who yes, I, who would have known? And, uh, and I remember uh, when I was uh, quite young, uh, Giuseppe De Stefano brought out two LPs of Neapolitan songs. And he's, he's in a, 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 a sort of a speedboat, and it's sunny, and he's got shorts on, and he's smiling, <laughs> he's got 50 teeth. And uh, the, uh, it, it was just like rapture. The rapture of living, uh, love, betrayal, birds, trees, nature, sex, uh, loss. You know, the whole damn shooting match is incorporated in all of these wonderful songs. Beautiful. And Eric Olson is now going to share that with us. Fantastic. Do you want to sit on the observation yes. stool and you can watch? So I can hear him better. Yes. Eric Olson, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, 
Red wine sales are going to yeah. go through the roof. <laughs> so Italian. Wow, it's very familiar, that song. Yeah. <laughs> what, are there other contexts that that's known for? I just have this image of, of uh, yeah, speedboats. I seem to know half as much as Bill knows about it, I think. So <laughs> I, uh, but the speedboats, I have both of those albums. They're fantastic. Oh, do you have them? Aren't they the best? Oh, they are. Yeah, the yeah. first album was in mono and the second was in stereo, yeah. I think, something like that. Yeah. And I think he's got a cigarette in one hand and one of them or something like that. Nice. He's just All the great days when singers smoked. He was a... Yeah. <laughs> Menthol cigarettes, good for the throat, yes. He's a, De Stefano was a party animal uh, to a certain extent, I uh -huh. think. So I think he sang to live and enjoy life. And, so. and do you get to perform that piece in, in interesting places? Or oh, how do you use that piece? No, I think I know that it's in a few people's ears. If they've uh, seen three tenors concerts and things like that, and... Uh -huh. and when when opera or songs that are opera-like are popularized. So if if I'm in a situation where I have to get up and sing something a cappella, I might sing that. Because uh -huh. I'm Norwegian, so I'm the farthest thing away from me. <laughs> but um, the, you know, that's, uh, I think it just comes to mind as it might please a few of the people and uh, they might be familiar with it a little bit. Uh-huh, no, definitely, you know that what I mean? rings in my ears being familiar, for sure, mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, you say Norwegian, but you were mm. born in Vancouver. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, uh, interesting of the some of the schools you went to, the, uh, is it Brevard, Brevard? Oh, Brevard, Brevard yeah. in North, <laughs> in North Carolina. Yeah, well, no, I just, I'm curious about the, yeah. because of, 
uh, it's it being quite different from how we study and train oh. often here. You uh, you you opened yours up to, to going to other places. Talk yeah, about well, these are mostly a collection of sort of eight-week to ten-week sort of summer programs that I went to. Brevard, North Carolina was one of them, a very good one. It looks beautiful in the brochure, up in the mountains it's somewhere. It's fantastic. It looks fantastic. It looks it's like fantastic. It, you, you, you can't lose the Brevard smell for a few weeks when you come back. It's sort of that... That's a good thing. It's that it? mildewy because it's really uh -huh. uh, humid there. It's uh -huh. that sort of... Anyway, so it's like camping. You, you're in these cabins, and there's these Juilliard musicians, uh, and Curtis Institute musicians were the orchestra. Wow. And they were fantastic student, but musicians with high, high level. And they're all just camping and... Everybody stinks after a few weeks, and it's really funny. Nice. But, but big, the, smelly opera singer. <laughs> yeah, big, smelly opera singer. And, but it was great. So that was a good experience uh -huh. in, in a few years ago, five years ago or so. Now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've also been in uh, a chorus of Vancouver Opera and the COC. Yeah, yes. I'm currently in the chorus at the COC Opera right now. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, this show we just opened last night, Barbara Seville. You opened last so, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. How'd it go? I think it went well. I think it went at, to plan and mm -hmm. so on. And I think. I think the audience liked it better in the second half, or they had I think beverages better. in the in the intermission or something. Oh, but you know, yeah, but uh, it, but it was it was. But I think that's better than the other way around. Is have them just go. Yeah, for it to fall off. Stinks, yeah, you know. no, no, it was good. It, it, it rose to a good uh, ovation. I nice, think, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, and you can come back anytime. Well, thank you very much, Eric Olson. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to sing again. Good to hear. Thanks, Eric. Come and come and sit back here, Bill, because. Are you guys okay? Are you comfy there? All right. Oh, okay. One of the uh, the things that I'd mentioned before you came out, Bill, was that I wanted to surprise you a bit this week. Yes. And you, you, you know that's in the air, right? Right. I'm going to give you three minutes this time, not five, which means I'm going to try and prod you to go quicker and faster and let oh, that blood flow. Are you going to ask me a series of questions? No. I'm going to give you a song that is going to be sung by one of our wonderful oh, singers. See. And whatever uh, that song is going to e evoke in you, you will share with oh, us. Oh, nice. You'll okay, but you only have three minutes. You will only have three minutes, but I want you to let rip. Okay. This is not just factual. This is about why your heart all right, bleeds. All right, things, all right, yeah? all right, all right. You want me to cry? Well, I don't want you to cry, but no, we all love always it when do. you do, and there's no stopping you. <laughs> I'm so happy you're all here. I hope you are. <laughs> so when I say, I better start the clock. Chardash from the Fledermaus by Strauss. Yeah. You say. Okay, Eleanor Stieber and Lyuba Velich, two sopranos who sang it in the early 50s in a new English production of the Metropolitan Opera. What is interesting is that earlier, Corngold, uh, remember him, the yes. beautiful song? Uh, he had done an adaptation, uh, I, I forget, around 46, something like that, and the, the, the Fledermouse, which means the bat, was uh, for a Broadway production. He did uh, uh, orchestral arrangements, and it was called Rosalinda. He also did um, arrangements for uh, uh, an Offenbach operetta uh, for Broadway called uh, Helen Goes to Troy, La Belle Hélène, uh, and he also did that. So. Uh, there was this fantastic production that was done at the Met. Eugene Normandy conducted it. There is somewhere in the ether there's a re recording of the whole thing. Lily Pons sang Adele. Um, uh, the great Luba Velich sang Rosalinda and sang that oh, nobody has touched her singing the Chardash. And, uh, and I. I can sing the whole thing in English, but it was... You don't have time. Uh, oh, I don't? No, I'm we only have a minute 51, so you can't sing the whole thing. Okay, um, but it's in a wonderful, witty English translation. Rosalinda is going to a party at the, uh, Count Orlovsky's disguised as a Hungarian uh, 
something, countess, a countess. And uh, she, she sings this en an enchanting, seductive uh, Charadash, which is in three, really th what, three blocks, uh, pretty much. Yeah. And it gets faster and faster as it goes on. And I'll tell you, at the very end, I don't know what the note is, but a lot of sopranos can't hit it. And Luba oh, Velich no. just, no, 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 they, uh, Beth can. Uh, but uh, Luba Velich, it's Richer. just like diamonds uh, falling from the heavens. But I'll tell you, in this light piece, this aria is, is like murder. And <laughs> there you go. And I've never heard those two artists sang that aria. You just like, oh man. Give me some paprika right now or whatever, you know? Ten uh, seconds, Mr. Go. That's it. It's a showpiece, and it's thrilling and visceral and fun and sexy and really, really hard to do. Fantastic, Bill. <laughs> that was perfectly timed. Well done. So, uh, Wouldn't you say? Beth Hagerman is now going to no wow you with the song that no you pressure. think is impossible to sing. Watch no, this. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> she would be perfect.
I'm so sorry about saying that thing about the nuts. I, I'm sure you could see, but it's, it's like sitting next to me when I'm watching like that second overtime period in a hockey game. Right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so He's making beautiful neat. sounds behind you. I was actually singing some of the uh, English translation. Dance with your lips to his. Oh, what a thrill it is. Come on, you have a chance to the fiddler's dance. Very Forget, nice. Forgive me. I've never done that in... I just want to say that I, I, I'm liking the fact that we're doing this off the top of your head kind of things. That take, that take the hood off and let yeah. you go. I think yeah. it's really fun for you. I, yeah. I think we're going to do more of that. Okay. Because you really do have a... I'd do you love promise to come back? Yeah. Would you? I love oh, your knowledge. Not please. only your knowledge, it's your passion and your, your, your love well, for it's this. It's triggered by the passion of the, the piano, this orchestra, the musicians, but particularly by the voices. There is something... Uh, sensual is, is not the, the right word. It, it, it's the only way of communicating certain states of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And, huh? Visceral, that's yeah. right. And, and what's interesting, too, is that every voice is different. You know, you can spot, a, you know, if you listen with any regularity, uh, you just hear a voice. I know what Caruso sounds, sounded like, because the sound back then, as he evolved, as the techn technology evolved, I have all his recordings, and they are amazing to listen to, not just how he develops technically as a singer, but uses, I mean, you know, they, they used to have to sing in the little things like this, and it's doing big arias, and some of his earlier stuff is actually appalling at wrong notes and everything, but there was no editing back then. It was a one-shot deal, and it was experimental, and it was contemporary music. And that's the other bugaboo that I have, is the, that we tend to think, oh, it's safe because it's old. But if you actually give your heart and mind to hearing it freshly, uh, and you, you, you hear, I don't know what, uh, some of Donizetti's uh, operas, which we think of as kind of naive. No, 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 we're the naive ones because we don't know how to listen, or at least I, I speak only for myself. The more I listen with my heart, uh, uh, the more I realize, wow, this guy ended up in, in an insane asylum as a very young man. He was a pained, tortured man. So when he wrote a mad scene, and he wrote a lot of them, he knew what he was talking about. He knew about depression. He knew about isolation. He knew all of those things, and he expressed them. And that's where Maria Callas was so great. It wasn't just pretty singing with lots of color to her. What was so great about your singing, both of you, is <clears throat> there is there's the necessity of the thought behind each note. And that combined with the, the individua individuality and individuation of the voices uh, makes for something that's extraordinary, I think. I do. I, and uh, what I have to share is that, Bill, I, I, I tease you at times about how you can go on about things. Oh, well, I, I do. love I it. And I, I, I do. I, and it is fantastic. But you have to know that Bill also shares it with, with, with mentees, with younger people. There are people in our, in our academy that he takes to the opera and spends time with and shares his, his amazing collection mm -hmm. with. And I see this love growing in their eyes. And that's what's most exciting to me is how he's passing on this thrill and this excitement into... 22 and 23 year olds mm. who are finding it uh, fresh and anew and it's mm. fantastic. It's so I really think it's yeah. great what you're doing, Bill. So as a, uh, an honor to you and to, to uh, at the end of a long week of 
great rehearsals. Yes. Let's hear a beautiful duet yeah. to soothe yeah. your soul as we head yeah. into our day off. Yeah. So here's it's my second favorite Eric and opera. Beth, uh, your second favorite off, opera, opera from La Bohème by Puccini, La Suave Fanciulla. Oh, 
Beautiful. Beth Hagerman and oh, Eric Olson. Thank That's you. Fantastic. What a great treat. Beautiful, you see. Nicole Bellamy. William Webster, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Good night. Thank you. Much. You've been listening to this week's podcast of some of the best moments from the Soul Pepper Saturday Cabaret, this week featuring William Webster and Derek Boys. It was recorded in the TD studio at the Young Center for the Performing Arts. Our live cabarets are taking a summertime pause here at the Young Center, but you can still find a brand new podcast at soulpepper.ca next week. In next week's podcast, resident artist and one-person read section Colleen Allen is convening a guitar summit featuring exciting newcomers alongside the astoundingly talented Don Ross, exploring all things six and twelve-stringed. All of our previous podcasts are available to stream, download, or subscribe to. So load up your favorite device, stretch out on your Muskoka chair, and enjoy performances by some of this country's most talented musicians. Just visit the cabaret page on our website, soulpepper.ca. Music programming at Soul Pepper is made possible by the Slate family, and our audio programs are thanks to the support of Richard Wernham and Julia West. Kelly Reed is producer of the Saturday Cabaret series, and our podcasts are produced by the director of audio programs here at Soul Pepper, Gregory J. Sinclair. I'm Albert Schultz. Thanks for listening. <laughs>